Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face.
Well, welcome to Face to Face. We are joined by a very special guest here with uh, us today, filmmaker, producer, uh, director Patricia Marcoche is here today to talk about her new film, Shut Him Down, The Rise of Jordan Peterson. I would imagine ears have already perked up, uh, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. So how about uh, Bill C-16? Uh, the film airs uh, in November on CBC. It's going to exist there for a couple of years, which is amazing. People are going to be able to get out and see it if they, if they live in Canada, that is. Um, t- tell us a little bit about what happened here. I understand you, you were, well, you had a very intentional project in mind for this film with Jordan Peterson and kind of were taken off off track to some degree. Your your concept note had to change. Yes. Um, so so this is how the story goes. Um, so I first learned about Jordan Peterson uh, through his book Maps of Meaning: The Architecture of Belief. Mm. And this is a long time ago. This is when I was studying psychology as an undergraduate student at McMaster University um, in around two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Um, I was taking a lot of philosophy classes and just very interested in the big existential questions. And I came upon his book probably just from a random Google search. I don't know exactly. And I found it really interesting because it was all about how it is that we form meaningful worldviews and how we'll do anything to hold on to that worldview. So I found this very interesting and, um, a few years later, I started to notice some of his lectures on TVO um, about uh, this, this book, as well as later he would do various TV appearances. Um, but a lot of his lectures focused on um, moral topics, the necessity of virtue, uh, good right. and evil, things like this. Um, so I sustained this uh, interest over the years. Um, and a friend of mine who was taking uh, some of the classes at the University of Toronto, I uh, went into uh, some classes with her, uh, to his classes. So, you know, I always had this interest. There was always just something that kind of kept bringing me back to this thinking. And that eventually led to an interest in making a documentary about him. Right. There was this feeling at the back of my mind that there was just something more that I wanted to understand. Um, and I think... Part of that was because of, in his introduction to Maps of Meaning, he talks about having had nightmares uh, about the 20th century atrocities of what would lead people to become Mm -hmm. part of mass genocide. And um, that's a big part of what motivated him to write the book. Is that that right, eh? Okay. Yeah. And so I I just felt very curious that there was an interesting personal story behind that. So um, in spring 2015, that's when I decided to finally pursue this feeling that wouldn't go away. Um, (laughs) And um, I moved back to Toronto after having lived on the West Coast for a few years. And and I decided to approach him. So um, I I went to uh, a few of his classes. And then after class one day, I I went and approached him. And it's funny, always going... um, after his classes, there's always a long lineup of students oh, I bet there um, is, yeah. wanting to ask questions. I would have been one of those people in those lineups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I made my way into this lineup and, um, and I told him about it. And then I, I think he suggested that um, we could set a meeting like for the following week or something like that uh, to speak in his office. And um, we spoke about it. And then we had another meeting where I could meet his wife. And so, you know, we spoke a few times and I learned about the various things happening in his life. And at that point, that's when I learned about his friendship with 
a First Nations carver uh, living on the West Coast. His name is Charles Joseph, and he's part of the Kwakwakwak Nation. And uh, I thought that this was very interesting because um, Jordan was being adopted into Charles's family, hmm. and um, he was going to participate in a lot of sacred ceremonies. And um, I met Charles, and so I decided that that would become so, the focus so of my more, documentary. So more of a personal doc, almost. What what makes this guy up? How how would he how would he land at writing a book like Maps of Meaning, digging into his past and so on, and looking for philosophical connections maybe is that is that yeah yeah and it's funny it's sort of i guess you know that was the first shift initially i went in with an interest in his ideas and the personal story that sure, led to those sure. ideas right. and that intersection then i learned about charles joseph and then so that was the first shift um because i wanted to follow what was happening there there was a natural arc to it right. um and in that film i mean charles joseph plays an equal character in terms of you know the amount of weight given charles has a uh, a deep and fascinating story about his own healing from residential school and how his carvings um, play a big role in that. So I started working on that film for about a year and a half. And then um, that's when uh, Jordan published his video series, Professor Against right. Political Correctness, and then everything changed. Yes, um, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's sort of... I, I would I would say, and I don't know a ton about Jordan Peterson. I know a little bit. I've certainly read articles, and 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 it's it's one of those situations where you you hear right from people who hear from people. Right. <laughs> Have you heard yeah. about this guy? And right, yeah. and Bill C sixteen, yeah. and I don't even know what that means, you know. And so it's yeah. kind of cool in a way because it does, I hope, force people to go a little deeper into these issues and and to hopefully form educated opinions. I mean, at one point in the film, and by the way, congratulations on the film, and um, thank you. I, uh, very interesting, and and I, I would imagine going to become kind of controversial for some groups, but uh, I, I understand, too, you're hoping to do a longer theatrical release down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, we're hoping to, well, our plan is to finish that by the end of the year okay. so that um, it can be released by spring. So what fascinates me about these types of things is I am interested in reasoned and articulate debate, and that's a direct quote from him in, in the film. Uh-huh. And you, you include that. I mean, is he also really interested in that, would you say? <laughs> if I wasn't as close to witnessing all of this unravel as I was, um, I would probably be more skeptical about that, as many people are. Right. Um, but from what I have seen, yes, I definitely do believe that part of why he released the videos was because he wanted to clarify his thinking about this. And, and I do think that he's very interested in reason debate. You, you say that Charles Joseph, and that's fascinating in its own right. I'd, I'd love to hear more about that and, and carving and healing. And, and, I, and I now want to take a, a conversation offline because I, I know a carver who's going through some PTSD-like symptoms and trauma. That's, uh-huh. yeah, anyway, fascinating stuff. For, so thanks for that. Um, uh-huh. and, and maybe we can take that offline. But you mentioned that the, 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 the sacred ceremonies that Jordan was going to be taking apart. Would, would you call him a religious man? I mean, does he, does he, is he a man of faith? Is he an, or did, does that even play into any of this conversation? Mm-hmm. If Jordan is a religious yeah. person? Yeah. Um, I would say yes, but it's interesting. That's one, that's something he has a uh, difficulty answering. Mm. Um, when people ask him, well, 
do you believe in God? Um, you know, I'm not even going to attempt to try to paraphrase. Or, you know, you could look <laughs> right. that one up online. Right, see. right, right. Um, but I would say, yes, he is, but um, not in a traditional sense, right. even though he's also a traditionalist. <laughs> right. Um, like, he has a, a very particular definition um, for for a, a lot of, I guess, traditional... Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, yeah, so, okay, I'll summarize it as follows. I, yes, he is a religious person, but I, I think you have to kind of go deeper into his, oh. his ideas to understand what that means uh, oh, for I'm, him. Oh, absolutely. But, and I mean, my, my favorite line in the last 10 years of my life, maybe maybe longer, and I too studied, have studied philosophy and have a deep love for it, but everything uh-huh. comes with footnotes. Uh-huh. You know, how, uh-huh. how can you ever really answer a, a question like that simply? You know, uh-huh. it, it sort uh-huh. of presupposes further questions and questioning and deeper conversation and an open bottle of wine, it seems to me, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. No, no, for sure. P- point point well taken. So, I'm, so, you know, it's not clear to me is, you know, in the film at least, um, is for him, you know, at one mm-hmm. point he talks about this is, this is, this is a legal thing. And, and that's why, I, you know, I'm, I'm in this position and this is why I'm speaking out and, you know, it, it, free speech, is it legal is, you know, I mean, I, I just couldn't help but thinking, yeah, but Jordan, if I was there in the room, isn't this about human rights? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what we're really talking about here? Did mm-hmm. you, did you, you, you have a lot of footage. I think I read in an article that you have over 110 hours of footage. You must have some mm-hmm. pretty interesting insights into, into what's going on. Mm-hmm. So is, is the question whether, like what I think the issue is or, yeah, or how he like, describes well, what the issue with the law is? Yeah, I, I think both, <laughs> Patricia, to be, to yeah. be honest. I mean, if you and I went out, I, I live in North Oakville, uh, if we, we went into Toronto today and met uh, whatever Young and Dundas and did a little survey on Jordan Peterson and what his thinking is, as often is the case, people, and I'm not trying to suggest he's misunderstood, but maybe he mm-hmm. is, but mm-hmm. do people really know what he's trying to get at? Oh gosh. Yeah. You yeah. Know? There's, yeah, there's certainly an, um, in the essay that I wrote, um, on the CBC docs POV website, where I describe why I made this film. One of the things I talk about is, um, how his, his position is misunderstood, I think, even by um, some of his supporters with regards to <laughs> what would, he was opposing with LC-16. Yep. Um, you know, there are, I think, to this day, people who think his opposition comes from him opposing the existence of non-binary people. And I think that's one of the really important things to um, make clear that that isn't what it's about. Though I understand why people will have misunderstood that because this is all really complicated. There were so many, um, you know, interviews and podcasts and articles written about all of this. It's like this big ball of confusion. It's not like everyone is going to go and make their way analyzing through all of it. You know, I had the opportunity to go through a lot of questioning with him and to, you know, analyze all of this stuff. So I understand where, um, where the misinterpretations come from. Um, I think I'm straying away from what your original question was. Oh, oh the well, question of free speech or human rights, like what is this yeah, about? Yeah, I mean, free speech and human rights clearly are connected. But at one point, I think in the film, and I'm just trying to find the quote here, but yeah. he says something to the effect of this is uh, this is about a legal requirement for me and that's mm-hmm. it. Pure, you know, kind of pure and simple, my paraphrase. This is, yeah. you know, we're yeah. being forced to do something that... You know, which of course then leads to the free speech question and so on. Yeah. So 
in terms of what he's opposing, uh, I think that's what he means. What he's opposing is the the legal requirement. Um, so, okay, so let's talk a little bit about Bill C-16. Yeah, yeah. So um, coming away from this controversy, a lot of people's understanding of Bill C-16 is that, oh, that's that law that forces you to use pronouns. But, um, <laughs> right. you know, pronouns right. are just one small part of yes. the law. Yes. Um, it's a, an amendment to existing human rights legislation that's adding two new categories um, of protection. So, you know, right now in our human rights laws, we have protection on the basis of sex and uh, religion and skin color. And so this is saying we're going to add two new categories of gender identity and gender expression. And this is to add protections for people who are trans or gender diverse. So where do pronouns come into this? Um, This is through the policy guidelines that are used to interpret the law. Um, And it's in these policy guidelines that pronouns are mentioned. So in the guidelines, it says, and I'm probably not quoting this exactly off the top of my head, but it it essentially says that misgendering may be seen as uh, harassment or discrimination. Right. Right. And so from what I can gather based on speaking to many lawyers and lawyers who even have differing interpretations of this, um, you know, what Bill C-16 is doing is it's giving people the right to be addressed by a gender-neutral pronoun. In the question and answer uh, document by the Human Rights Commission, um, it says, up until now, it is undecided as to whether someone can insist upon a particular pronoun. So it's, it's undecided, so at this point, it's the right to be addressed by a gender-neutral pronoun. Um, in terms of where this applies, um, Bill C-16 is a federal law, so it doesn't affect universities. This was actually already in place right. um, in right. universities in Ontario because this is covered under the provincial jurisdiction. So there's a law that's the equivalent of Bill C-16 that was passed in 2012 provincially. So um, Bill C-16 covers the areas of accommodation um, and employment um, and public services that are federal. So that's where this applies. So what Bill C-16, with regards to pronouns, what it's doing is saying that maybe if someone is misgendered, it might be um, a case of discrimination and maybe it wouldn't be. And it's up to the courts to decide. Someone can file a human rights complaint and then it would be up to the courts to decide. Now, in analyzing all of this, I hope I'm not going into too much detail. It is, it is complex. It is complex, um, and it's, yeah. you know, it, it opens up, well, yeah, to say that it opens a can of worms is an understatement, right? Yeah. Um, so I think these are some important areas of consideration um, with regards to that. One is the way discrimination is defined um, in under the uh, Human Rights Commission is that intent isn't necessarily um, essential in discrimination happening. So if with Bill C-16 and the accompanying policy, it's saying, well, um, you know, accidentally misgendering someone, that wouldn't be seen as discrimination because it was an accident. But if you're, you know, persistently, consistently misgendering someone, you know, that would be seen as discrimination. I do think that there is a point 
to being skeptical about that if the definition of discrimination itself doesn't include intent. So I would say that's one area where, okay, I think it's valid to raise a question and a concern about that, as far as I can tell. So it, I mean, it, yeah, and 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 on, obviously, you know, in the context of a podcast, and we've got twenty, thirty, forty yeah. minutes to have this conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a real yeah. challenge. But there's a couple things uh, where I want to go. So there's this sure. this legal issue that that he has that you clearly bring out in the film. But there's also this 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 human issue, this relational issue. And, and, mm-hmm. and there was, mm-hmm. I was struck by this, there was just this spirit of, 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 um, hmm, it's unkindness. I'm, I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of this, like they just, there was mm-hmm. something about his approach or at least mm-hmm. the way you portray him in the film that, mm-hmm. that forget about everything else. <laughs> like, yeah. Isn't this on some, and this is the human rights conversation, right? I mean, declaration yeah. one, right? I mean, this is, this is every sacred text. Uh, if any religion has some form of the golden rule, isn't this just about treating others with love and respect? And, yeah. and, and I feel as if, okay, we got all these arguments. We got the presentations and the podcasts and the articles and the lectures. Fabulous. Great. We can go deep on that. We're going to write essays mm-hmm. about it for years. But what about just embracing my, my, my the, the, the other, and I mean the other in the, in the best sense of the word. I don't mean that, to, to, mm-hmm. you know, pejoratively, like how do we reach out and embrace? And I think for me, somewhere along the line, people are getting, um, lost. Does, does that make sense? Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I appreciate where you're coming yeah. from, uh, with regards to that. And I think that's why. For me, it was so important to take a human lens um, in the making of this film because right now, so much of this is just being discussed in this very, um, you know, in in an issue-based way that's losing, like, okay, what is is this rooted in? Yeah, Yeah, um, great, great question. Where does this actually mm -hmm. come from, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, and I guess where I sort of go is, Okay, so let's go back to the comment about reason and articulate debate. When I mm-hmm. see, I think very little that we do is reasoned and articulate. I mean, I think mm-hmm. most of what we end up is in when we get into conversations is we don't we don't speak in syllogisms. We don't say if this, then this, therefore this, right? Mm-hmm. It's emotional, and we invade people's space. And even right now, my hands are moving as I'm, as uh-huh. I'm talking, uh-huh. right? And if you and I were together, they'd be body language and all these sort of layers to, to the way we argue or the way we have a conversation. So very little of it is about the logic, but it's, it's about the emotion behind it. And I wonder if that's really just blurring, blurring the other, blurring the person, you know, getting in the way of actually getting a clear and distinct understanding about what's actually going on here. It's interesting because I think the emotion is actually a really important part of the conversation Mm -hmm. too. Um, You know, sometimes you, you know, you'll have people arguing about something and it's like on the surface, it's about some rational topic, but beneath the surface, there's something underneath it that's emotional, you know? Um, well, I think that's, I think Patricia, that's kind of, I think that's kind of what I'm saying. Like very yeah. little of it's logical. Right. Right. Most right, of it right, is right. About, okay. Sorry. I thought yeah, you were saying the emotions are getting in the way, but no, like, no, heavens like no, no, uh-huh, heavens no. Okay. So just to your point about what's, when you said, what's at the, what's at the root of this? 
you know, and mm-hmm. then you go, oh, gee, is this really about anger? Is this, is this, is this about insecurity? Is this about hatred for others? Is, you know, what's mm-hmm. actual, let's peel back some of those layers and, and see what we find. Yeah. And, you know, I would say from speaking to, um, some of the activists that I spoke with, um, who were in opposition to Jordan, for a lot of them, this wasn't even about Bill C-16. And right. I'm not even saying that that's for everyone because, you know, some people were taught, you know, going into the technical details about that. But but what I did find was a, a pattern of for people, it was about just not, um, if, for a lot of people, they didn't even know who non-binary people were right, until right. this controversy broke out. And it's like, what a way to even learn about this. It's, yeah, you know, point, through the... Point this understanding of this totalitarian law and all of this fear and, you know, um, people um, that are angry and protesting. So a lot of it was just a concern about um, people developing these fearful um, associations with, uh, oh, the world is going crazy with 70 different pronouns, um, you know, when really the majority of people who identify as non-binary will either use their name or the pronoun they, well, them. Okay, this, I, I, yeah. I have to say, I so love that about the, about the name part of it. I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up. Like, uh-huh. who, who cares about the pronouns? How about use people's yeah. names? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. don't, yeah. I mean, for, see, and I think this is what I mean. Like, for me, this is about love. This is about acceptance. This is about embrace. This mm-hmm. is about, mm-hmm. about similarity through difference. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, pronouns mm-hmm. and language make sense and, 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 and they're important and they can change laws and, 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 and they mean they're pregnant with meaning of various sorts. But yeah, how about, how about just calling, how, how about just calling the person Bill mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or Sandra or mm-hmm. yeah, I'm showing my age cause I pick like really sort of, you know, not very <laughs> like modern names, I suppose, or very, my name's David. So there you go. Take it from there. But, but anyway, yeah. How about just, how about just that? Yeah, so it's like, okay, there's this conversation about pronouns, and on the one hand, um, where it's being articulated from um, on one side is just simply about, you know, acknowledging that for some people's identities, they don't fit into the categories of male and female in a neat way, and and then on the other side, you know, there's this conversation about, well, I'm, I'm being forced to have to use right. these words. right. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's like they're just, you know, weren't even meeting at the same place to have a proper conversation. The, one of the things I think it was near the beginning of the film, you, you, um, um, I think Jordan Peterson uses the phrase left wing authoritarian language. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just thought, oh no, no wonder nobody likes you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, if, mm-hmm. if, if, I mean, obviously, lots of people like the guy and, and, and are huge supporters. He's, he's selling all kinds of books and doing all kinds of things. But, but it just, it polarizes things right out of the gate. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, I, I think for me, that, that's, I mean, obviously, there's some really sensitive things here and issues going on. And, and I think mm-hmm. it's marvelous that you're continuing the conversation in a new way and I, I hope in a fresh way. Thank and you. it's going to get people to go a bit deeper on, on both sides and, and find some mutual ground. Um, but yeah, the polarization of this stuff just makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. There's, we know, have, don't we have yeah, more in so. common? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm being too hopeful and too idealistic. There's so idealistic. many things to say about this. Yeah. There's an article that just came out in, I think it was Time Magazine. Okay. Um, 
that that's called um, "There's Nothing Virtuous About Finding Common Ground." Oh wow, interesting. Going to have to look that up. <laughs> um, so I think a common conversation that's happening right now on the political left, and you know, I I've always identified left of center politically. Um, I think there's this conversation happening around, um, you know, before, I think it used to be seen as ethical for a journalist to try to be balanced. But now, like there's this um, meme, I keep talking about this, um, going around online that says, if someone says it's raining outside and someone says it's not raining outside, a journalist's job is to look outside and see if it's actually raining or not. It's not to give an equal balance to both (laughs) of those opinions. Fair enough. Yep. So I, of course, understand especially if they're this... a meteorologist. <laughs> Gosh, so I understand this perspective and where it's coming from, and um, you know, people have been talking about, well, you know, is this a balanced film? And you know, some people think that's a good thing if it is balanced, and other people think it's, uh, oh, okay, well, I see a red flag if you're making it a balanced film. So I think you know, it's one thing to be digging into facts and finding the accuracy of facts, it's another to, um, I guess, the, the way that I found the most um, responsible approach to take in making of this film was to try to deeply understand the differing worldviews and where um, you know people from different perspectives and vantage points were coming from and what was at stake for them. Right. Um, and to to articulate that, and that's something different from simply being balanced. Um, and you know, I, it's something that I'm still thinking through. And part of the structure of the film is to even call into question. Um, you know, I guess for I don't want to spoil it. So for, for you that's seen the film, um, I think you might know what I mean with the second last scene. It sort of calls into question. A little bit, at least for me. Well, so what is the role uh, of a filmmaker, right, um, right. even in the framing of this film? Sure, sure. So I think that's that's one of the other things that I do want to be talking about in this because that's something I I considered a lot, so much in the making of this film. What is the responsible way for me to make this film? Well, for me, you know, if this helps in any way, I mean, I see great film as, as uh, they, they, they work on so many levels. And uh, if, we, if, if we can step into a theater or turn on our television or whatever it is and engage as if it's a conversation, and I don't know that that happens when people watch uh, film all the time, but it's certainly mm-hmm. what I'd, 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 that's my hope so <laughs> play, mm-hmm. place that I go to, that it's going to create a bit more dialogue, that it's going to raise more questions than it answers so that mm-hmm. you will you will get involved in reasoned and articulate debate and you'll avoid these polarizations, this uh, this att- attempt at just saying, oh, well, these massive sweeping generalizations. I, I, I think that's a... a, a I mean, I think that's a, the, the role of a filmmaker. It's the role of a journalist and an artist and, frankly, a human being. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. role, it's the role of a good parent, isn't it? A great teacher and, 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 mm-hmm. and so on. Hey, there's a great shot. You mentioned shot in the role of a filmmaker. It does kind of look like he's go, you're shot from behind, I think. He's into a cru- crucifix, a pose of some kind. Uh-huh. And then you cut uh-huh. to a cross, I think. So, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. little, Talk yeah. about those religious things. That's right. That's right. Not so subtle, right? <laughs> 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 um, here's the question. Is mm-hmm. there a danger? And I, and uh, 
Maps of Meaning, uh, don't know a lot about his earlier work, but from what I've mm-hmm. read, it was quite significant and, and made, had quite an impact and had a, quite an impact on many, many people's lives. Mm-hmm. Do we have sort of this, I don't know, like a fallacy of equivocation going on here? Because he was this recognized intellectual over here, well, mm-hmm. everything he says must be true kind of a thing, or it must be mm-hmm. valid. It, so so you've, you end up with a very dangerous rhetorical and hyperbolic kind of uh, really powerful position to be in because, well, I said that before and, and I was recognized for that, so therefore I must be, you know, heading in the right direction. Does that make, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, are you talking about sort of the responsibility that he yeah. has in what he's saying? Cause he's now become a person of so well, much influence. Yeah. The responsibility he has himself, but I think mm-hmm. uh, as, as we look but in, have, as we watch yeah. the film, as, as we have conversations, read his books and his essays and so on say, well, hang on a minute here. Let's, let's be a little more careful. Let's be careful and, and let's go a mm-hmm. bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly with, with ideas being talked about, it's always, well, you know, question everything. Mm-hmm. Um, think it through and, and think Agreed. about it for yourself and, and read and go deeper. Absolutely. Um, all of that. Um, I mean, in a topic like this, I I think it's hard not to because there's so much questioning and opposition. And I suppose that's one of the good things about it. Um, you're less likely to be taking things at face value because there's so much questioning right. happening. So it kind of forces you to have to, well, okay, let's see, well, what is this person saying? What is this person saying? I'm going to have to dig into it and think it through for myself. Were you, sadly, we're going to have to wrap up our conversation, and I, I think we're going to need to do a part two when the theatrical comes out. What um, what, mm-hmm. uh, what did you learn? What did you, I mean, you must have learned tons, but Ooh, what, were the, what were some of the big surprises for you? Uh, I have to say one of the scenes you shot there where he gets a little angry, and I think that's an understatement, was a bit mm-hmm. of a surprise for me. Which scene? Which scene? Ah, uh, the free speech, the free speech rally. Oh. I, I just, you know, how we have to remain civil. It just, right. <laughs> I couldn't but help but laugh out loud. I see. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it's funny that that scene does uh, strike a lot of people. Um, though at the same time, at that point, the microphone isn't working, so he does have to yell. <laughs> <laughs> and he's quite upset at this point. It's uh-huh. pretty. It's pretty clear. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so what did I learn or what surprised me? Oh, gosh. Um, well, when he published the initial series of videos, Professor Against Political Correctness, that surprised me. I didn't know that that was coming. Right. Um, okay. And actually that summer, I had sort of been a bit more distant from the project because I think as many filmmakers starting out, I mean, it was it was self-funded. So I was doing other mm-hmm. commercial work to try to fund it. And so... Right. Um, there was something significant that uh, we had filmed um, in the spring. Um, and in the summer, yeah, I, I had um, taken a bit of a step back as I was kind of reviewing and figuring out um, how this was going to come together as well as doing other projects. So when this video series came out, um, it surprised me as much as it surprised right. everyone else. Um, so I'd have to say that was the biggest surprise for me. Is, isn't it just an interesting, and a, I think that maybe we, we do need to wrap it up, but isn't this a, mm-hmm. you know, paradox, contradiction, complexity? I mean, isn't, aren't we all just a bundle of those three things, mm-hmm. you know, wrapped up in a, Absolutely. you know, in a, yeah, yeah. it's just, it, 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 you were, you were thrown 
uh, a curveball, and you, you, but by the by the looks of it, you handled it really well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I hope so, so yeah. Thanks, thanks again. And I've just got so many more questions. But uh, we've been talking today on face to face with uh, Patricia Markochian about her new film on CBC Docs uh, POV. Shut them down. The rise of Jordan Peterson and um, uh, Patricia. Just to be clear, it will be there for at least as of tonight, fr- uh, Friday, November the second. Will be there for uh, two more years. Yes, it'll be on uh, cbc.ca slash watch. Um, it'll be streaming in Canada for two years. Yeah. So look for it. Uh, shut them down. The rise of Jordan Peterson. Thank, thanks for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.